You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host is Cindy Johnson, volunteer for Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses and copy editor extraordinaire. Hi, Cindy. <laughs> Hi, Jeremy. Today is August 6th, 2022, and this is episode 185 of Lighthearted. In a few minutes, we'll hear an interview I did during a recent trip to New York with Abe Ellis, who manages the Salmon River Lighthouse and Marina in Selkirk. First, has anything notable happened on the state lighthouse history, Cindy? Well, Jeremy, something notable happened on August 6, 1885. On that date, Minnesota Point Lighthouse in Duluth, Minnesota, was discontinued after only 27 years of service. The ruins of the old lighthouse still stand on Minnesota Point, which is considered the longest freshwater sandbar in the world. You can walk out to the remains of the lighthouse on the Park Point Nature Trail. Yeah, uh, I walked out uh, on that trail to the ruins mm-hmm. of the Minnesota Point Lighthouse in late April with my friend Nick Korstad. It was about a three-mile round-trip walk on a super windy day. It was unbelievably windy, but it was a nice walk. Uh, it was kind of a long way to go to see the ruins of a lighthouse. It's just uh, there's no top on it. It's just uh, the maybe the top two-thirds or so of this uh, stone tower. But near the lighthouse, there were also the ruins of the old lighthouse service Duluth Buoy Depot uh, from the early 1900s. I knew absolutely nothing about that before we went out there, but Nick knew about it. Uh, And uh, we explored these old buildings, uh, these old concrete buildings from the early 1900s that are now kind of like a museum of graffiti. So that Mm. was interesting. Also, when you get to the tip of Minnesota Point, you're actually just a few hundred feet from the border with Wisconsin. And you can look out and see the Superior Entry Lighthouse about a half mile from there. So Cindy, please help me tell our listeners about the Salmon River Lighthouse and Marina and today's guest, Abe Ellis. Sure, Jeremy. The first permanent white settlement at the mouth of the Salmon River in New York at the eastern end of Lake Ontario was established in 1801. Fantastic Atlantic salmon fishing was a prime attraction, while some settlers took up farming nearby. In the early 1830s, it was determined that the harbor at the mouth of the river could accommodate as many as 30 ships, and a lighthouse was established in 1838. The lighthouse was built with stone from a local quarry and took the form of a two-story keeper's house with an octagonal tower mounted on its roof. It was topped by a so-called birdcage-style lantern room, which remains in place today. Inside the lantern room was a sixth-order Fresnel lens. There was a proposal for a canal that would have connected the Salmon River to the Erie Canal system, but it never came to be. The importance of the harbor faded and the lighthouse was deactivated in 1859. The building was used by the life-saving service for a while, and then Lucius Cole, who had been the lightkeeper from 1849 to 1854, moved back into the lighthouse and remained until his death in 1890. In 1895, the lighthouse was auctioned by the government and sold for $155. The buyer, Leopold Joe, incorporated the building into a hotel complex. The next owners, the Heckel family, doubled the size of the hotel. Jim Walker bought the property in 1987 and reopened it to overnight stays in 1995. In 2014, the lighthouse was bought by the Barnell and Ellis families, longtime summer residents of the area, and they set about restoring and revitalizing the property. 
The lighthouse is open for daily and weekly rentals, and there are fishing charters available from the Salmon River Marina. A. Bellis is the general manager of the Salmon River Lighthouse and Marina, and I had the opportunity to visit with him at the lighthouse a few weeks ago. Let's listen to that conversation now. I am here with Abe Ellis at the uh, Selkirk or Salmon River Lighthouse, and I'll ask you to clarify that, what, what the official name of this lighthouse is. I want to ask you about that. But I'm here with Abe at uh, the lighthouse, which he owns at the Salmon River Lighthouse and Marina here uh, and uh, in New York, and it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Abe. Well, we're, we're honored to have you here. And just one quick clarification. Yeah. I don't own this building. It belongs to a member of our family. We're all in it together. I should have asked you about that to pieces, clarify that. We're not going into the whole business okay. organization, which is irrelevant. Um, I yeah. don't want to, people to think that I own it. Okay. No, I'm somebody glad. very near and dear to me actually owns it, and I am the, I am his caretaker. Okay. Okay. Thank you <laughs> very rel- much. He's a relative. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate that. I believe your family and another family was involved in purchasing it some some years ago. Uh, yes, well, yeah. El, the Ellis side and the Barnell side. Yeah. Oh, I, my, it's my all the same family. My wife is a Barnell. Yeah, yeah. We are okay. now we are now family, right. having known each other since ninth grade in high school and having been best friends. And then I married his sister seven years ago. <laughs> so okay, or eight years ago now. So she and I own the whole business operation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, the real estate belongs to her brother, and we own the boat, the boat slips, the, the dockage, okay. um, all the all the things you could shake out of the buildings. You know, we we own all that, and of course the whole inventory of the store and the, and the warehouse over there. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Yep. I wasn't obviously I wasn't totally clear on that the ownership status. So thank we, you. We we call it we call it ours. Yeah. You know, we're we're a very very close knit family and you yeah. know when when one person owns something we all own it, you know. Oh, that's great. We are. I'm glad to hear it. That's that's yeah. That's good to hear. Clarify for me the the official. Is there an official name to this lighthouse? Should we call it the Selkirk Lighthouse or the Salmon River Lighthouse? Historically, it's been known as the Selkirk Lighthouse. When we opened up the business in 2014, it had been operating as Lighthouse Marina. Okay. I started thinking about that. I said, "There's two distinct things here, and you need to separate them." Mm -hmm. And so, because it's on the Salmon River, obviously, it's referred to as the Salmon River Lighthouse, but it's actually officially. It's the Selkirk Light mm-hmm. at the Salmon River Lighthouse and Marina. So uh, obviously I want to talk about the lighthouse mostly, but before we get more into that, uh, you have a very interesting background both in real estate and the military. Correct. Right? Uh, you were a Navy captain and pilot? I, re- I was a navigator. I re- retired as a Navy captain out of the Naval Reserve Force. Mm-hmm. I did eight years active duty out of a Naval Air Station in Virginia Beach, flew off the John F. Kennedy Mm-hmm. Uh, flew a very capable all-weather attack airplane for seven, eight years, mm-hmm. and then uh, decided to leave active duty and got into commercial real estate, and I mm-hmm. did that for 25 years while I continued through with my uh, growth and advancement in the Naval Reserve Force. And okay. I retired uh, about 15 years ago as a, as a captain, one one step below admiral. Uh-huh. So it's been a very, um, been a very nice retirement. As a reservist, you don't get any retirement benefits until you turn sixty. Right. So my wife worked very hard to keep me away, keep me alive till sixty. After that, she didn't care. Okay. So, and you own uh, the more property around here than than the lighthouse and the the buildings right now. Yes, to, right? we have again. Our family owns mm-hmm. three camps. They're actually real family homes. Mm-hmm. There are some very rustic camps across right across the river. You can see them from 
you can see them from the from the seawall. Our, mm-hmm. our two of two of the three over there, you can see them from here, mm-hmm. and that's that um, proximity to the lighthouse is one of the reasons why we could tell things weren't going as they should be going over here back in the 2012-13 time frame. Yeah, and uh, but this lighthouse and this property has been richly been part of our family uh, summer times, I guess, so to speak up here, the hotel, which we tore down, which had been boarded up since 1987, had a tremendous piano bar and what they called the Saturday night soiree <laughs> and a great big porch along the whole front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately in 1987, shortly after the owners, the new owner, there were new owners in 1987, the family that we bought it from, mm-hmm. um, shortly after, they obtained ownership or there was a bait shop down next to the river where our kayaks are now where there was a concrete foundation until a month and a half ago we tore it out uh, there was a bait shop there and a propane leak had uh, had developed at some point in the evening on a saturday night and at one o'clock in the morning when the coke machine inside the building kicked off the spark blew it sky high blew the windows out of the hotel blew the windows out of the lighthouse Leveled two little cottages that are back were back along the river. Uh, tremendous explosion. It was felt for five or six miles. Mm-hmm. Long, long investigation into all that. Never determined if if it was intentional or not intentional. So realized that the hotel was in pretty bad shape. Yeah. But nobody was killed. There were people in the bar, but nobody was killed. Probably some scrapes and bruises. Flying glass everywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, they boarded the hotel up in 1987, and that's the way it sat mm-hmm. until we acquired ownership in 2014. After that, we spent about a year and a half yeah. with architects, engineers, historians. What are our options? Can we save this building? We want to bring it back to life, or we want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the decision was to tear it down because it had no historic value, really, um, and it was. Um, essentially could be a money pit because nobody could tell us exactly how much it would cost us. Yeah. To, I stepped through the floor twice when I was taking engineers through the through the building. Uh, it basically became a big paint storage building. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of gallons of paint in there that I had to dispose of. Some lead-based, some some latex, whatever. But we ended up tearing it down um, early in, in um, 2016, which gave us this beautiful lawn out here, yeah. which... The plan is to one day build a restaurant there because there was a hotel and a restaurant and a bar Mm -hmm. in there, German fare. And we've always had that on on our longer term plan since since we acquired ownership of the property to to bring some dining back down here. Mm -hmm. So it may be a year, maybe two years. We don't know yet for sure. Yeah. Sounds great. German fare because of the the owner. The Heckel family is who owned it from the early 1900s. Until 1987, mm-hmm. German family. But before them, Leopold Joe. Yeah, he was he was operating it as a um, sort of a I want to say bed and breakfast, but he would mm-hmm. rent out portions of it. I don't know the details of how yeah. he did it. In fact, he was the the day he died, he had gone into town to get rations for his guests, supposedly, and uh-huh. died of a massive heart attack. And so, I met his granddaughter, two of his granddaughters, who were probably 75. Oh, really? Came here about seven, six, seven years ago. Uh-huh. Tracked me down, looked me up. Can we come see? We're, we're the granddaughters of Leopold Joe. Oh, neat. We got a picture of the three of them, two or three of them out front with my yeah. wife and me. Huh. 
How about the uh, Heckle family or any, are you in touch with any of them? Uh, one of the, uh, Joe, Joe the third, I believe is who he is. His father or grandfather started the op, started the ownership back in 1914, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, 30, 40 years later, Joe, who's my age, uh, late fifties, early sixties, mm-hmm. his father took over and he, he owned it and operated it until 1987 when he sold it to the Walker family right. out of, Maine, I believe, is where the the parents of Jim Jim Walker operated it very aggressively, very well until early two thousands. Yeah, and we we've never asked. We just heard the scuttlebutt. There was some sort of a falling out in the family, and he decided he he'd had enough and he was leaving. Okay, so the the running the business at that point went got handed down to a nephew, his nephew, his sister's kid in Jersey. Who was a young, fa- young husband, father, new kids, or whatever? He tried to run it, you know, kind of remote control. He would come up, and go back, come up and go back, but it seemed like every year it got a little bit further out of reach. Yeah, when we would come over to get gas for our boat, mm-hmm. there was never, never anybody here. We finally decided to contact him. He agreed to let us walk through all the buildings, and we saw a lot of opportunity. So, you know, yeah. ultimately, over the next six to eight months, we were able to negotiate a fair, reasonable uh, purchase contract. And yeah. we took ownership in April of 2014 and hit mm-hmm. the ground running. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I just want to mention for people listening, some Lighthouse buffs, when they hear the name Jim Walker, there was another really well-known Jim Walker in the Lighthouse world who I knew personally. I think I had a little bit of correspondence with the Jim Walker here. He was very active. He, he's, yeah. And he did... He did some great things for publicity mm-hmm. for this thing. I mean, he wrote yeah. some great articles, and you know, he he really got the 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 transitioning from Grandma Heckle actually lived here for many years. She lived in this building. Okay. And then when she was gone, I don't know how much Joe Heckle actually rented it out if he did it all, but I know that Jim was instrumental in not only getting it back onto the map as a place where you could come and rent and enjoy it. And mm-hmm. he also um, got the light reactivated and, and recognized as a, as a uh, type two aid to navigation. Aid to navigation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jim did that. And that was part of the uh, lighthouse bicentennial in 1989. Excellent. Yeah. yeah he was, he was a go-getter. For yeah. Sure. I, he that's stops what... by, he lives in the area. He stops by once, twice a year. See how we're oh, going. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that's great. He shares a few more stories with me. And, yeah. 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 But I just want to uh, let people know that if anybody knows the other Jim Walker, he passed away a few years ago, but he was kind of the spearhead for the restoration of a lighthouse on Cape Cod, Race Point in Provincetown at the tip of Cape I, Cod. I have heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he was the other lighthouse Jim Walker. In case anybody's listening, he says, is that the same Jim Walker? No. They're two very different guys. But if we could, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the present in a few minutes, but I just want to touch a little bit maybe on the history of this this place, the earlier, much earlier history. First of all, uh, it was established in 1838, right, as a, right. As a lighthouse. It was Correct. built at that time. But it was only active as a in its first incarnation. It was only active as an aid to navigation for like 21 years right, until 1859. How It goes back it's between 1858 or 1859. Yeah, all around the there. Stories differ, but yeah, 20, 21 years. Yeah. And when they when they authorized construction of this lighthouse and ordered the, the construction bid, uh, the plans were on the table to dredge a canal from the Salmon River to Oneida Lake or mm-hmm. the Oneida River, which is on the Erie Canal system. Right. And then turn Port Ontario into a, into a quote-unquote major a significant 
shipping port. Mm-hmm. 20 years after they activated, built, and activated the lighthouse, the plans had dissolved. So they said, well, we don't need a lighthouse. We're not going to put a port, a port there. Right. And so they deactivated it. Yeah, yeah. And over the years, light keepers remained. They were here to maintain it. They kept the light burning uh, on and on and on until the auction, late 1890s or early mm-hmm. 1900s, the yeah. U.S. government auctioned it off for some outrageous price. I think it was $155. $155 is what I had, yeah. You know, so. yeah. yeah. Crazy. I think the the guy who was the last keeper, from what I read, I'm not sure. Cole, if this, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, um, that was uh, Cole. Yeah, Lucius yeah. Cole uh, was here. I think until he died in 1890. That's uh, I'm not if that's accurate, but that's what I. Yeah, uh, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah. So he was here a long time, 1849 to 1890. He was lived here for over 40 years. Sure. So uh, the building itself is. I think pretty striking. I don't know of any other lighthouse that looks like this. No. Beautiful stone building. and With 18-inch thick walls. Okay. If you, if you look at the windowsills in the main portion of the building, they're exactly the thickness of this 18 inches of, of lake rock. Right. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And it, it goes all the way into the ground. Because there's a full basement downstairs. It is. Yeah. And well, it's, well, under this, underneath this portion, this is the yeah. crawl space underneath here. But it's kind of rustic construction the way the stones are, are yep. put together. But 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 I think beautiful. You know, and, no, it's it's iconic. I mean, there's yeah. no question about it. it. You know, that the fact that it's a birdcage and the fact that mm-hmm. it's the way it was built and the fact yep. that it um, has the residence right inside. You know, the lighthouses. A lot of lighthouses, it's next door or whatever they call it, a, almost a hostel next door or a uh, light keeper's quarters. Mm-hmm. So when people come here, they're actually in the lighthouse. Right. It's, it's very, again, that's a, it's a unique characteristic that not all lighthouses enjoy. Yeah, I know. Any lighthouse that can have overnight stays, that's that's such a great thing. People love it so much, as, as you well know. Yeah. Lighthouse buffs, I think, uh, just jump at the chance to stay at, stay at these places. You just mentioned the birdcage style lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I talked about this a few minutes ago before we started the the interview here. Uh, we we agree that there's only one other surviving birdcage style lantern in, in good shape in the in the country. That's at Prudence Island, That's my Rhode Island. Yep. Yeah, uh, and if people and don't, there will be no more. So right, we're going to make sure unless we somebody take does care. a replica, but not well, an original true. one. Yeah, yeah. we're going to make sure we take care yeah. of it. And it's solid up there. I've been up there. I'm up there sometimes as much as once or twice a week, and I take people up who are staying mm-hmm. here. And we walk outside, walk around. The, the, the iron is still solid, rock solid. Uh, it's a, and I think it's the original copper roof over the dome uh-huh. um, that we've painted to preserve it and, and yeah. protect it. And it looks better with a nice clean coat of silver paint on it than it would mm-hmm. to, when we bought it. It was turning black, and it was mm-hmm. it was you know the, the, we replaced. There are 115 panes of glass up there in that light room. We replaced every one of them about four years ago. Had really? Them all hand cut, to, and they're not exactly the same dimensions, so we had to do Holy quite a project to replace those. Because every every spring when I get up here, the birds had busted their way through one of the very brittle glass uh-huh. that we had up there before. So we thickened it, and uh, I haven't had a bird since. Small birds or larger birds? What kind pigeons. of pigeons? Oh, seagulls wow. and gulls. Uh huh. Yeah, historically, as you maybe you've heard this or read this, lighthouses had a problem with birds flying into the lanterns, typically. But often, I think it was because they were maybe attracted to and then blinded by the light Could be. and would fly right yeah, into it. Yeah. Of course, so the the previous owner, Jim Walker, actually reactivated the lighthouse as a navigational aid. Uh, do you still have a light in here now? 
Yes, we do. It's a it's an electric light that has six bulbs that interchange that changes automatically. Uh, it knows when one burns out. Mm-hmm. They're actually the little they're the little bulbs that used to be in the first wave of high intensity desk lamps that came out in the late sixties and early seventies. A little tiny bulb, yeah, and it got it would get hot, hot, hot. You couldn't yeah. touch it at your desk, and that's what's up there. So we have yeah. to. I check those every year, and I mm-hmm. have a supply of replacement bulbs and. And uh, we rewired it. At one point, it wasn't working at all, so we had to rewire it and get it working again uh, a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, is anything anything that stands out for you about the keepers that lived here? I, I, there's probably not a lot recorded about any of those people, is there? No, um, I know that the the fable that there's a ghost in here is tied to okay. one of the keepers, and supposedly it was the daughter of one of the keepers in the late 1800s, okay. who was up in the tower, the, the light keeper, her father. Yeah. And, and again, this is all, you know, there's no way to determine if it's real or not, but it's a, it's a great story. Yeah. She supposedly took him dinner yeah. up in the tower, and on her way down, she fell, lost her life, fell down the stairs. Okay. And her name is Mary, and she supposedly is the one who moves people's shoes or makes noises in the middle of the night okay. with no reason for why there should be a noise. Uh, we've heard multiple um, occurrences of different things in here while people mm-hmm. are staying. Yeah. So, you know, you, it's, it's good-natured fun, but that was probably, and I don't remember which keeper it was, but there are two pictures upstairs, one of an elegant woman with lacy, you know, 1800 dress on, and then a picture of supposedly her father, full beard, just really rugged looking guy, like you would picture a light hmm. keeper or you know something yeah. like that, or a ship captain. But again, it's they're not confirmed, and there's yeah. really no way to confirm it. But. Huh? So if it was late eighteen hundreds, wouldn't that have had to have been Lucius Cole? Might have been. I don't know. Hmm. I, I like I said, I don't know what the the whose daughter it was that yeah. supposedly haunts the lighthouse. I'm just wondering if anybody's done any research to see if he had a daughter. If he had a daughter named Mary or uh, any uh, record of... It could be mostly made up. I don't know. It very well could be. There's no doubt about that. But it is a good story. And have you experienced anything out of the ordinary? Um, I have never spent the night in this building. Okay. Not not for any reason other than the fact that we were so busy getting it ready for occupants. The other three cottages, the first year I did stay in each one of them a couple of nights just to kind of shake them down to make sure we didn't forget anything, mm-hmm. like an egg turner or a... Uh, a, a good sized spoon to stir the sauce with, and so we would actually cook and, and live, shower, sleep for a couple, two, three days in each one of the places, and mm-hmm. kind of figure out what we're what are we missing. So, yeah. but I never. But when we got done with this one, it was immediately on the on the list of desired places for people to stay. So, uh-huh. you know, it's a lot better for me to have somebody enjoy it who can't be here every day. So, sure. Yeah. But no, I haven't experienced anything. Other than seeing some funny-looking things up in the tower based on a certain time of the day, sort of like a, a, some movement up there, but then it doesn't last very long. It's gone. And you take a picture, and you can't, it, you know, you can't uh, capture it. It's weird. I mean, people have taken pictures of, you know, a woman in a wispy dress up there, who, again, is attributed to be Mary. And the lady, the ladies have seen, or people have seen it, swear that they saw it up there, but yet when they go take a picture... It doesn't work. But somebody took a picture where it looks like a woman in a whiskey. Supposedly, yes. And my wife, one Mm -hmm. day, 
came inside, could not get her camera to take a picture, her phone camera. It would not allow her to take a picture. And my wife, you know, she swears it's true. The minute she walked outside, for some camera whatever reason, fine. the camera, the, boat, the phone camera worked fine. It was the strangest thing. And she swears on her father's grave that it happened. And I believe her. So I yeah. don't know. It's, yeah. it's creepy. It, creepy. It's, in, it's interesting. And I, I don't discount uh, anything. I always, you know, people who have listened to this podcast have heard me say a number of times that I, I'm an open-minded skeptic. Yeah. You know, I don't rule, <laughs> rule anything out. And I've actually had some experiences. So. I know that other people scoff at it and just think it's a, a big joke, but I've I've seen and, and experienced enough to know that not necessarily paranormal. This, yeah, the story of Mary may or may not be true. I think what happens sometimes is people experience weird stuff and they they kind of cook up a backstory to try to explain it. Could be. Yeah, so I think some maybe there was a, a somebody was good at making up stories along the way, but but maybe it is true. But it's it's. I mean, I've come in here and found. My housekeeper comes in. She puts the pillows in a certain spot. And I came in here and I called her up. I said, where are the two pillows that belong in this bedroom down here? Yeah. Nobody's been in the building since she left. Yeah. I find them upstairs. She said, she said Dad, I know my daughter, stepdaughter. I know where I put them. They're upstairs. I found them. Or they're downstairs on the bed. I said, well, they're not there. Special pretty sham pillows. And I find them upstairs underneath the throw pillows on one of the beds in the bedroom upstairs. No rhyme or reason as to how it got up there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Have you ever <laughs> thought about having a, one of these paranormal investigation <laughs> yeah. groups come in here? I don't have time to do that. I'd, I'd rather let it kind of be gossip than uh, uh-huh. confirmed kind of, or not confirmed. I think I kind of agree with you. It's kind of nice of being kind of a, a mystery. and kind that, of a, That's my really only the first hand uh, experience with something really strange happening in here. Those yeah. pillows ending up upstairs. That is and really. not just on the bed, but underneath the pillows that are up on the bed. Yeah. You know, crazy. Wow. Well, we should probably change the subject from that that a little bit. Uh, yes, we don't want we don't want to scare people away from coming to stay well, with us. Well, a lot of people love love this sort of thing. Well, Other we've people, had people walk in and go, "Hey, I just read the rocks. All these rocks on the fireplace tell stories of different things, different special moments for families that have been here. A lot of mention, a lot of mention of Mary, and we have had more than one guest come over very quickly to the store after reading a couple of the rocks and mm-hmm. wanting me to confirm." Or deny that there's a ghost in here. Uh-huh. Because if there's a ghost, we're leaving now. And I said, well, we don't have any. That, I said, that's just that's all nonsense. fun stuff. It's yeah. all fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I've never had anybody say, I believe those rocks more than I believe you were leaving. Yeah. Never happened. So. And after she told her that, she didn't have, uh, Mary didn't visit her. Yeah. After that. No. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. That's good. She stayed away. That's good. Mary's smarter than that. Let me ask you, getting back to your uh, your background as a, in, the, in the Navy do you feel that your military background uh, had any? Did that have anything to do with your interest in lighthouses, or is, do you do you have? Where did you have an interest in lighthouses? Maybe I, that's the first question I should ask here. Did you have an interest in lighthouses before you got? Interestingly enough, before we really went after this place in earnest, mm-hmm. um, my now wife, then my girlfriend, would travel a lot in the Virginia Beach, Middle Atlantic region on our motorcycle. We yeah. would take two or three night day trips. Okay. And wherever we went, if there was a light, we would favor the coast, the mm-hmm. outer banks of North Carolina, Myrtle Beach, Hilton Head, those kind of places. Yeah. Uh, or, or up the Chesapeake Bay. I, I've lived near water or been affiliated with places near water my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, up here with, with her brother as my best friend from ninth grade on. 
my mom and dad had a boat all through high school. We would camp in the Thousand Islands mm-hmm. on an island mm-hmm. uh, with our tent, or then they had cabins. So every everything in my life that related to leisure activity usually had something to do with water. So as we were traveling together on the motorcycle down to the Outer Banks or up into Maryland or the Naval Academy or, or Rehoboth or Dewey Beach or whatever in Delaware, we would, we would if there was a lighthouse, we'd go find it. Mm-hmm. Well, lo and behold, in 2013, after we had been to multiple lighthouses, mm-hmm. we decided to come after this one. Well, it's it just sort of, it was a, a huge coincidence, basically. Yeah. Not so much my military experience, other than the fact that when I was in the Navy on active duty and away from my home base, we were on a ship on water. But I loved it. I loved, I loved yeah. flying over water. I loved, you know, like I said, ever since I was a little boy, mm-hmm. our summer vacations usually involved a beach. Yeah. So coincidence more than anything, but it's, yeah. it's just an inborn love of, of the, the waterfront, the oceanfront, whatever. Yeah. Well, it worked, worked out nicely. It did. Yeah. So uh, you talked a little bit already about some of the improvements by replacing all the glass and the lantern, among other things. Have there been any other major restoration, preservation projects yes, you've done? Since? Yes, very much so. Uh, completely new roof in uh, 2017. Actually, we did the main structure one year, and then we did the kit, the, the roof over the kitchen. It's a composite material roofing, which will last forever. Uh made to look like slate. And if you look closely at it, you can see different shades of color in there. We did that on purpose to give, again, to give it that more authentic antique look of, mm-hmm. a, of, a, of an old building. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, uh, all the windows have been replaced. Top of the line windows, they were, uh, I think, total of three windows in this building opened. Two of them were in the kitchen. And I think one, well, we could get two of them open because we had, window air conditioning units in each of the living rooms mm-hmm. but the rest of the windows were had been painted over and sealed shut for so many years had some gaps in them so you know bugs could get in at night when the lights were on in here so last year uh, the decision was made to replace every single window in the building and now they're completely airtight and yeah. as you open the window the screen rolls out of the bottom of the window mm-hmm. and it gives it a cleaner look when the windows close so you yeah. don't look through screens and then on top of that, a completely new uh, propane heating system with new ducting and central air conditioning mm-hmm. with using that same ducting. Wow. Uh, we refinished the original 1838 floors in the main part of the lighthouse building. Uh-huh. Um, wow. We've upgraded. Like I said, we added a whole new bathroom upstairs just within the last two months, which gives people the option to rent just the upstairs without the kitchen or they can rent the downstairs with the kitchen or they can rent the whole lighthouse. Uh-huh. It's uh, pretty impressive. It looks absolutely beautiful in here. Thank the, you. The windows look great. And, uh, made, yeah. made a huge difference. Yeah. You've done, done an awful lot here. So uh, do you have any other projects uh, like that, anything lined up at this point? I think when we finish, uh, we've still got a couple of finishing touches to put on the upstairs renovation with the bathroom. Uh, I think once we get that done, we're going to be pretty well set here for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Our focus is going to shift from here to developing uh, some sort of a dining establishment mm-hmm. just a little ways away from the lighthouse here. Yeah, We've put in all new plumbing for the uh, septic system. Uh, started it last fall. We completed that a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we now have 
very efficient septic handling capabilities uh, that we didn't have until now. Mm-hmm. And it was a holding tank situation. This this building has a septic system, which we had to do a lot of work on the first year. But we, we upgraded it, brought it back up to where it needed to be. And I think now with the completion of the of the upstairs renovation, with adding a bathroom, mm-hmm. we're in pretty good shape here. I mm-hmm. mean, just small things over time, you know, replacing worn out things or maybe seeing an upgrade to a piece of furniture that we think another piece would work better in whatever place. We're always looking. We're always looking sure. wherever we go yeah. for, for, for ways to to tweak this building a little sure. a little bit nicer and our other cottages too and and yeah. our homes across the river. Yeah. It's a it's a you know we kind of keep our arms around all of it at the same time. Yeah. But having been focused on this building now for the last two months to get the bathroom and the and the the bedroom refurbished down here, um, that's pretty much the. The end of the big stuff as far as yeah. this building mm-hmm. we've got still got a lot of work to do outside uh and more construction coming and yeah. we're going to add another lodge over on the other side of the property wow. uh, to, we're going to take down the middle cottage here because it's it's trying to take itself down by mm-hmm. shifting and you know we've had to shore it up a number of times over the years so it's, so it's safe and usable mm-hmm. but eventually we're going to get rid of that and then finish filling in the lot down here and We'll have you know a dining facility next door, and yeah, and we're going to improve the look of the of the fuel area down by the waterfront. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the marina always there's always something to do with the marina. I'm sure. You know, so yeah, I want to talk more about the marina in a in a moment. But as far as the uh, accommodations that are available f- for people here, uh, then you have there's rooms in the lighthouse, of course. You also have the the cottages. Uh, how many other buildings? Three, we have three other cottages. And they sleep mm-hmm. up to six people. Mm-hmm. Um, the lighthouse at present can sleep up to eight people. Mm-hmm. And now with the two bathrooms, it's it's doable. We had we've had five or six people. Once in a while, we'll get seven or eight to spend the night. But but I've made it very clear there's only one bathroom. Well, mm-hmm. some people have that's deterred some people from coming. But now right. with the two bathrooms, uh, and we don't want to overstress the septic system either. Yeah. So we're we're very cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. So it's we're not looking to have this place rented. 24 7 to eight people yeah and ideally it's two downstairs maybe three or four upstairs yeah or a family of four or five yeah you know somebody that's not going to really give us a but we will maintain it it's a good system it'll yeah you know we, we take care of it so we're we have that option for up to eight people yeah ideally four and four is it by the night by the week it's by the night mm-hmm. uh, we have a two-night minimum mm-hmm. um, two nights seems to be probably the most desired although mm-hmm. we have we get a handful of week-long reservations uh-huh. every year and a handful yeah. maybe mm-hmm. four or five yeah um, which we like because that we don't have to come back in here for a week we've got you know a guest for a week and swap their towels out halfway through it and mm-hmm. they have a great time and they go travel or they go to the beach or they take some charter boat trips or whatever so yeah, yeah. anytime between two and seven once or twice we've had somebody stay longer than seven, but rarely they don't. Yeah. So if people rent the yeah. lighthouse for, did they get the use of the, the kitchen for cooking? Or yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they rent this floor. Uh huh. If they rent just the upstairs, then they have a small fridge. Again, mm-hmm. this is all new, so we're feeling our way a little bit with what's the best way to to advertise it and market it to make sure that people, uh, of course they they're going to know that they don't have a kitchen if they want just the upstairs. Right. And obviously there's a pricing structure that varies. Downstairs is one price. Upstairs is one price, which are different prices. Mm -hmm. And the whole lighthouse, of course, you're taking the whole place. So that's going to be the 
the you know the 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 combination of the two with some savings by taking them both. Yeah. So. So obviously, the other huge part of this operation is the marina, as, as you've mentioned. And so, what, what's available? What kind of facilities are there? Well, we just have we have the docks. We have twenty four slips. Mm-hmm. Uh, of those twenty four slips, seven of them are occupied by very professional and expert fishing charter captains, mm-hmm. and they will start their season when I get the docks in, usually the end of April or early May. In October, we pull the docks every year because of what the river will freeze. Mm-hmm. And then that shifting ice will tear the docks apart. So they come out of the water before before the snow flies. In addition to those seven charter captains, we have probably six or seven private boat owners who, who have been with us, again, every year since the first year. Mm-hmm. So the 14, 15 docks are taken for the whole season. The rest of them are for people who want to bring their boat up here, rent a cottage, or somebody that has a camp nearby but doesn't have a doesn't have a waterfront facility mm-hmm. or waterfront access, they will rent a dock for us for, for a week, a month, two mm-hmm. months, or the whole season. Yeah. So it's, we try to stay flexible. It's a balancing act to, as to how many how many docks I let go for the whole season mm-hmm. because when August gets here and those fish, those king salmon get to this side of the lake, okay. the, the town explodes, the boaters explode, the boaters don't have to go very far out in the lake yeah. so they can go out there with a 20 or 22-foot boat. Uh-huh. Rather than a 26 or 28 or a 30 foot charter boat, right? Those guys can go, you know, pretty much until the the waves are more than six feet, you know, so to speak. But they, they'll they they'll go after it even if it's a little bit rough out there because they want to they want to satisfy their customers, of course, yeah, for the king salmon or or lake trout or brown trout or coho. Okay, but it's a, it's a mm-hmm. tremendous fishery from from the middle of April until until the salmon actually run up this river right here to spawn. And when they start running up the river, that, as I said, the town explodes. Thousands of, of anglers wading, wading with a D in the river up in the middle of Pulaski, elbow to elbow, trying to catch salmon that are running. It's a tremendous scene wow. every year, every year. From, from here, from the Salmon River Bridge, which is a mile from our property, from there all the way into town, there are many many spots where it's not too deep to, to wade mm-hmm. and they will they will fish from first light to when it gets dark yeah. day after day after day after day wow that's, and that's when our charter our charter business yeah. shuts down once they make the run then the guys go they go home with their boats for the winter and yeah. we get ready to start pulling the docks out and stack mm-hmm. them up and put them back in the next april or may yeah I'm so glad to hear that salmon fishing is still such a... So it's phenomenal. It's so world-renowned. Absolutely yeah. world-renowned. Yeah. And these aren't little fish. These are big. Yeah. These are big fish. Yeah. They're making me hungry. I love yeah, salmon. Really. Yeah. Do you get a, a, do a lot of the people who come to stay at the lighthouse or in your other uh, homes here, are they fishermen? Yeah. Fishing people? Yeah. Once them? August gets mm-hmm. here, it's all... Lighthouse and all three cottages and the two cot- and the two homes across the river, 100%. 95% fishermen. Mm-hmm. And many of them bring their own boats, and they get a dock for the time they're here. They put it in the water. Now they've got their own little place with a. They walk out of their cottage at, at five o'clock in the morning, get on their boat, and hit hit the lake until yeah. until they until they limit out or until they get tired of catching fish. Uh huh. I can't imagine anything much more perfect than that. Staying at a lighthouse and doing salmon fishing. That's great. Uh, let me just ask you. Uh, there's, I'm sure, there's plenty, plenty to do here. Obviously, fishing is the the number one attraction, but there's something called the Salmon Falls, Salmon River Falls, unique area. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 110 foot high falls uh-huh. uh, on the Salmon River up above the reservoir. Yeah, um, and it's just it's it's a gorgeous, a gorgeous spot. You can yeah. you can hike out. You can hike down to the bottom of the falls, or you can hike to the top of the falls. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's quite a popular attraction. It's nice to go take pictures and yeah. listen to the rush of the mm-hmm. uh, of the water plummeting to the, to the to the area below. We also are very close to the Thousand Islands, mm-hmm. uh, Alexandria Bay, Clayton, New York. Yep. Very, very, very popular yep. tourist destinations yep. during, the, during the warmer months. I mean, November to, to March, not so much because they pretty much shut down. Yeah. Um, there are obviously year-round motels that operate up there and they, they have year-round residents, but between the Thousand Islands, Alex Bay, and Clayton, um, it's... Uh, in addition to all the light, the the thirty lighthouses along the Seaway Trail, from, I was going to say from yeah. Buffalo to to the Thousand Islands. I mean, yeah, people come from all over to knock out as many of those as they can. In addition to people who are so into the fishing, you must get lighthouse buffs staying at the lighthouse. We do. We've had a passport stamp for mm-hmm. many many years. Um, one of the first things I did when we got here was find out what the story was on our passport mm-hmm. passport program. Again, as I researched lighthouses, and we realized that we really didn't have a a good stamp for, mm-hmm. our, for our lighthouse so mm-hmm. we paid to have one recreated that was a much more accurate depiction of what we have here with yeah. accurate information on it and, mm-hmm. and we get people I get letters all the time in the mail of somebody who mm-hmm. says I was at your lighthouse in November but it looked like you were closed <laughs> so here's a picture yep. I was really there can I have a stamp here's a dollar <laughs> yeah. so I, I always take the stamp book passport stamp and stamp book home with me for the winter yeah, and I'll send it back to him. I, and, you know. I do the same thing with yeah. Portsmouth Harbor Light, where I live. I'm the the, the stamp guy in the off season. Get those those same letters. Uh, so I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you're you're part of the USLHS uh, stamp program. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have one final question for you. Okay, and this one's for bonus points. All right. So get your number two pencil ready. What is your favorite thing, or what has been uh, since you've been involved here? What's been your favorite thing about your involvement with the Salmon River Lighthouse and Marina? The response from the general public. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of what we've done, and you can't see it, but there's a tear in my eye right now. I'm extremely proud of what our family has done to bring back to life something that really, really deserves it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the biggest thing. Uh, I, I love, I love the people business. I love being in in the in a business where we get to interact with the general public, young, mm-hmm. old, black, white, green, blue, kids, grandpas, grandmas, the grandpa coming, finally bringing his 14-year-old son up here to go fishing on a charter boat because he, he didn't want to bring him when he was six because he was too little. Yeah. So they'll come up and say, I was there 20 years ago with my with my son and now I've got my grandson. And, yeah. And it's, uh, I think that's the that's the number one thing that, that, we're made we made a difference mm-hmm. we made a difference and that's all you want to do in life if you if you spend 70 years on this earth and don't make a difference then why are we here you know so that's really the as corny as it might sound that's that is the pride that goes yeah. and, and it's and it and the fact that it's a complete family mm-hmm. thing from my mother-in-law to my niece and nieces and nephews to my brother-in-law to now to my now wife and the history of going back in this area from from the from being here, my my father-in-law, who's deceased, came up here as in diapers mm-hmm. with his grandparents mm-hmm. back in the fifties, forties uh-huh. and fifties. And when the time was right, he and his wife came up here and bought 
right across the river from here and built the camp, which has expanded over the years. And this has always been, camp has always been the number one spot for our family, our kids, our grandkids, our grandkids. Yeah. We, when are we going to camp? When are we going to camp? And that's the same way we were back in the 70s. And it's the same way my wife and brother-in-law were when they were little tykes long before I ever met them. So mm-hmm. having the opportunity to do this and, and the support and the resources to do it in a, in a logical and a, and a purposeful way, um, you know, we, we had the chance to take grant money. But the problem with grant money is that you lose some control over what happens mm-hmm. because the person giving you that money wants to control it. Mm-hmm. And it, we never looked at it like that. We, we, we knew we were going to research things. We were going to do things the right way. Yeah. We knew we might have to do them a little slower because everything costs costs something to do it, especially in this day and age. Yeah. And so we've, we've patiently kind of nudged it up, nudged it up in, in quality. And, and, and now, like I said, I think we've pretty much hit the, hit the end of the big list. Now yeah. it's going to be just a little bit tweaking here and there. Right. Well, you never and finished, but you've done, never done finished. so much. No, you yeah. don't want to. You, don't want, you, always, you always want to have people wanting to come back to see what we've done lately. Yeah. And that's a trick I learned from from the uh, Thousand Island Bridge Authority people who are doing Bolt Castle mm-hmm. up, in the, up in the St. Lawrence River. It's, it's like Disney World, you know. They, they, always, they always want to change something and get people to stay interested. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, on every level, it's just uh, just congratulations to you and your family for, for what you've done here. And thank you for what you've done. And I thank you on behalf of Lighthouse Buffs, seriously, because aside from all the other great aspects to this that you've been talking about, you have preserved uh, a, an 1838 lighthouse that otherwise might be lost, uh, you and your family. And uh, on behalf of the U.S. Lighthouse Society and Lighthouse Buffs everywhere, I thank you for that. Well, it's, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, your, your passion for all this comes, comes through very clearly. So, uh, And I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Thank you for hosting me and my friend Jim Malone, who's uh, just stepped back here. And uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for your time. It's been our pleasure. Thank you. To learn more, go online to SalmonRiverLighthouseMarina.com. You can book a stay at the lighthouse on the site, and there's also information about local fishing charters. Thanks again to Abe Ellis and his wife Kathy for their hospitality and the interview, and thanks to my friend Jim Malone for all his help in getting me to the lighthouse there, in addition to a bunch of other lighthouses in New York State during our trip in June. Between the New York trip and my Michigan trip in April, I got to see a bunch of amazing Great Lakes lights I had never seen before. Mm -hmm. Thanks, as always, to all the volunteers, members, and staff of the U.S. Lighthouse Society. Go to uslhs.org to learn more about the Society's tours and all the things the Society offers. Don't forget that donations and memberships help support this podcast. Please share word of this podcast on social media. And if you listen through a platform that allows you to post reviews, please rate and review us. The Indian lawyer and politician Mahatma Gandhi once said, quote, In the midst of darkness, light persists, unquote. To all our regular listeners and to our new ones, thank you so much for listening and keep a good light. Shine, let it shine.